Hey, New Orleans Pelicans fans. Welcome back to the Protect the Nest podcast on this Saturday morning for LSU at Ole Miss with Arch and the Manning family in the building for Eli's jersey retirement. Pelicans are coming off a 128-112 loss to Lonzo Ball's new family up in Chicago to the Bulls, and it wasn't even really that close. We're going to get to all that more looking at the game, looking at some of the early trends of this season. But, I mean, the Bulls raced out to a double-digit lead early, and they never looked back. They were up 17 at one point, and Zach Levine hadn't even scored, which might be a testament to Herb Jones' defense if you really want some silver linings. But, look, only a couple times did the Pelicans even threaten to close the gap and get it to within single digits. It making it even worse is the 17-10-10 stat line, triple-double by Lonzo Ball, who, I mean, in two seasons in New Orleans, he would do some things like this, but it's starting to look like the Bulls might actually be a contender in the East. They probably won't win three playoff series. They probably won't even win two, but they can definitely win a playoff series in the East if they can make it up to the six, five-seed, four-seed, get to maybe one of them more favorable matchups and just avoid the Bucks or the Nets in the first round. But look, this Pelicans team, the team defense is still just lackadaisical. It's not, they're not playing on a string. The Chicago Bulls, they hit their open shots. The New Orleans Pelicans, well, they didn't hit their open shots. And that's a problem right now. We're just missing shots for some reason. Jonas Valanciunas had that problem in the first game. It seemed like most of the bench has had the yips since they started the season. The bench hadn't given us anything at all. Hopefully something, something will come around that way soon. We might have to, when Hart gets back, put in maybe Trey Murphy and Hart into the starting lineup, put Herb Jones and Nikhil or Herb Jones and uh, Graham to the bench just so we have more, uh, I guess, of a veteran presence and more of a spark plug on the uh, second unit. So when the reserves come in, we don't just lose everything. I think once Zion comes back, you'll always see Zion, Jonas, or Brandon Ingram on the court, you'll most likely see two out of those three at 80% of the time. And a lot of it, when it's not going to be two out of three, we had a lot of success with Zion plus the bench unit going at just undermanned squads and rotations last year, really catching opponents off guard by just throwing Zion out there and letting him feast on people that really ain't supposed to be on the court with Zion. Sadly, it looked like the Pelicans didn't need to didn't even need to be on the same court as the Bulls for most of the game. And it was really over when DeRozan hit that mid-range shot. He was fouled by Trey Murphy. DeRozan went up, converted to and one got the three-point play. Chicago was up 25 with a little less than, right around 10 minutes to play in regulation. And, I mean, they started that fourth quarter. The Pelicans knew they had to get something. And the Bulls started the fourth quarter on an 8-0 run. They, sh- they led 65-47 at halftime. It was up 17 through 3. Eventually, it was a 30-point margin, and that was a wrap. I don't care who you are. The Pelicans just look like they were resigned to defeat. And you can't let that start seeping in if you want a winning culture, if you want to build that sustainable championship culture that David Griffin talked about and really used that phrase a lot in his first few months on the job. You can't have these players going out on some nights saying, well, we don't have two of our starters. We're probably not going to win anyway. Because then, yeah, maybe you ain't going to win anyway. But maybe you'll be close and you can get used to playing in them tough games. Maybe you lose by six. It's better than 16 or 26. 
because that's really when you start losing confidence, you lose faith. You, you lose everything you're trying to build. Eventually, people lose jobs. Before we get into the rest of this podcast, let me tell you how you can't lose by going over DraftKings Sportsbook because the NBA is back. You know that, Pelicans fans. Maybe we'll get a win soon. If you go over to DraftKings Sportsbook, the sports betting partner of the NBA, key to victory is just a strong starting five. So, any new customer can go and bet just $5 on any NBA team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. So, if somebody's wasted $5 on the Pelicans, you ain't got $200. If you bet against the Pelicans, $5 last night, you would have $200 in free bets in your account this morning. So, why are you not stepping up to this? DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also do some of the same game parlays, can buy multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. So you could have bet on the Chicago Bulls to win, but Nikhil to score more than his over, and bam, you just doubled and tripled up your money, plus got that $200 in free bets because the Bulls would have won. So if you want to get into stuff like this, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN bet just $5 on any NBA team to win their game and you win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an authorized sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 years or older, New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania only. New customers, minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required. One per customer restrictions apply. See DraftKings dot com slash sportsbook for details gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER pelicans fans with herb jones problem call your people because you, you you in the wrong but we're not going to look at too much of the wrongs we're trying to look at what this team's doing right try and find some silver linings and who actually new orleans actually finished at 48 percent shooting from the field 52 percent from their three-pointers they were down by 14, yeah, at some point, and the Bulls had 16 points off of turnovers. And you could say, well, this isn't a talent issue. It's a new system issue. We're missing two starters. It's a young team issue. It'll get better. The Sixers game, you might have been able to say the game was closer than the final score. But this Bulls game, it was, cl- it, it was worse than the final score. It was worse. And it kind of showed that even with Zion it comes back and Josh Hart, there's not much depth behind them. The bench is going to need a lot of work for scoring opportunities. Some some sort of spark plug there to help ease the burden off of Zion and B.I. and Nikhil and Graham. But there's only so much you can do, especially early in the season while you wait for them to come back. you got to hold a little bit of tide. you got to look for silver linings and find things to build upon. Admittedly, this is finding finding the silver lines is a little tough again with that Lonzo ball. Then you look at the trade with Garrett Temple, Thomas Sadoransky, and the pick swaps and whatnot, and it looks like we got took because we swapped twenty two million in usable playable contract Alonzo, and now we got with Josh Hart, Hurt, Sadoransky, and Temple. I mean, if even if we're gonna get rid of Josh Hart, trade him and try and bring something back, is it really gonna be worth it if we have to dump another draft pick? It looks like we really lost that Lonzo trade. However, the Pelicans did do well in handing the keys to Nikhil and trying to let him grow a lot because Nikhil looks like he, he could be a better player than Lonzo. I truly believe that. But it also looks like the Pelicans won in free agency by bringing in Devontae Graham. He's doing everything we've asked of him. He's hitting all the shots. He's making the offense for himself, but he's doing it within our offense, trying to find people other looks. 
he's really been a life raft on offense for this team. And he's he, again, he's done it within himself. 6-11 for three-point the other night. He scored 18 in New Orleans to 75 points through 36 minutes. Like, he was really doing some work to keep this team looking like they were respectable. And that's the most you can really ask for a new young veteran leader stepping into the locker room. I think Graham's really going to help Nikhil coming to his own. And Nikhil's doing all right. He, that first game, he looked good. This game, I mean, he was 4-9, 3-6 from deep. He made all four of his free throws, but he really had some hiccups getting this offense started. Yeah, he had five rebounds and four steals and two blocks, and he was filling up the stat sheet, but that was all for naught, really, because the Bulls were just being lazy. They were up by 30 and 20. Sometimes they were just playing scrubs, and Nikhil was, you know, he was scrapping against guys that he might as well have been beating up on them at Summer League. It really didn't matter at that point. And I mean, but at least Nikhil was playing with energy. He was trying to keep it close. Again, but but again, he just had he's not quite a point guard. He had one assist and three turnovers. You can't be doing that kind of stuff in the NBA and, and expect teams to let you I mean, they'll give you the keys to the Ford and let you try it out, but you're never gonna get the Ferrari. And once Zion's back, we're really gonna need a point guard that could be that kind of Ferrari and take that burden off of Zion. So it maybe we again we let Lonzo go. Maybe he was that guy. You hear Bi and Zion talk about how much they love playing with Lonzo, but we're gonna have to find somebody that can fill them shoes, so that so that this offense can really get initiated earlier in the time clock. Because even Graham had problems in the last couple games, or the first two games, where we're getting bad shots up late in the shot clock just because the offense didn't get started. Till there was 10 seconds left, maybe. And that affects everything. That affects points in the paint. That affects free throws. That, that affects open looks. But, and, and yes, granted, looking at... we The, the Pelicans took 16 free, throw, throw, ugh, free throws. Sorry about that. The Bulls, they took 25. I wonder who we might be missing that racks up free throws to maybe like, you know, 6, 8, 10 a game sometimes. They, the Bulls outscored us by 10 in points in the paint, which is part of that free throw disparity since paint attempts you know, get free throws more often. Zion's the league's biggest paint threat, and he's not here. Yes, Zion will change a lot. He's going to be a lot of that, as far as changing the dynamic of this team. He's going to be a lot of what helps them change their fortunes and start winning games when he comes back. you got to hope it's not too late. And this team hadn't buried itself in a hole to where they're really only playing for the 9 or 10 seed. But even when Zion comes back, he's going to have to take a rest. Y'all know he's going to play. He's not going to come the first game just all out balls of the wall. There's going to have to be other people picking that stuff up. That depth's still lacking. I think, I think, look, I think Herb Jones showed a lot with his defense against Levine. Again, trying to stay positive on this Saturday. We'll, 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 I'll keep going down the list. Herb Jones, he's the best best Herb in the city. Right there from Alabama. He hit three or four from the field. He got shot, smart shots up. He didn't try and play without and beyond his game like I think Najee Marshall's been doing. Herb had three assists. He kept the offense moving. He finds his guys in good spots. He grabbed a board. He got a block. He snatched a steal. He did have two turnovers and three fouls, but that's a young player going to have to learn to look. One, they're going to call fouls on young players just to get your attention. 
some stars is going to get that veterans have earned it. The turnovers, that just comes with playing with a team more. Maybe we can cut that down. But the work that Zach Levine gave Herb today will empower Jones down the line. The things he's seeing today, it's the first time he's seeing it. Wait till, wait till the end of the season once he's seen most of these tricks at least once or twice. And then in two seasons, three seasons, he's not only got all that in his bag, but he's also got a reliable jumper. Once we get there, I think in three years, Herb Jones is going to be a decent, maybe not six-man off the bench. Maybe he's a spot starter like he was against the Bulls, but he'll be a solid seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth man for a playoff team, same way Trey Murphy will be. And that speaks to David Griffin in this front office and how they've been drafting. Because they hit on the kill. It looks like Trey Murphy still, he's going to have to show a lot. But him and Herb showed a lot early they're just gonna have to show a little bit more consistency and get their feet under them a little bit more as far as the nba's regular season they're gonna have to come in and prove it just just like brandon ingram who is living up to his contract he's living up to his all-star status brandon ingram is just that silent sniper the slim reaper coming in doing the job leading by example really not trying to get vocal with folks especially now there's no point getting vocal and sounding frustrated especially when you're missing Zion and Hart. But, I mean, B.I. come in 10 or 20, 2 or 3 from deep. Maybe we need to find him 5 or 6 shots from 3-point range and get him up to like a 30-point average. But he still went off for 24, 8 and 8. Those 8 dimes really look good. I mean, you want to talk about point Zion. Brandon Ingram, with the ball in his hands, is doing work. He only had two turnovers. One of them was just a bit frustrated. Need needed better communication. But the team does tend to play together a bit more when he's on the court. They're moving for him a little bit better this game, I thought. Even though maybe it was it was stagnant. It was kind of they weren't playing by instinct and reaction. They were thinking about it too much. But at least they started doing it. And Brandon Ingram finally got to the line and hit four or five from the free throw. The, you know, getting to the cherry stripe would be big for him up in that average his scoring average why he i really think he could chase down a scoring title in his career but he's gonna have to get to the line more he's gonna have to hit a few more threes that's just the way the game is played today so rolling down looking at the list jonas he had a bounce back game eight of 11 from the field eight rebounds made both of his free throws he won't be a liability for shooting and spacing in a playoff game i think he's proven that as much throughout his career he's already showed that much with the Pelicans, yeah, he might have some go in and out when he's battling. But that's a part of where his worries are, are on the defensive end. And how will he do against a top five big man? How will he do in a playoff series against Anthony Davis, Andre Ayton, Jokic, Gobert, even poor Zingas? If he has to battle with poor Zingas, what's that going to look like? Uh, how's he going to do against Collins and, and Capella and Trey and all them in a pick and roll against Atlanta in a couple days? How's he going to do against Carl Anthony Towns tonight? A lot of that will go to depending on if we can give Jackson Hayes more time or if we're going to have to go out, give Hernan Gomez more time, see if he can really step it up again this season, or if we really got to go out and spend some eight, ten, twelve million on another center. And that's just to shore it up and hope they're passable. We might have to flip them. For a big name center, maybe it doesn't work out for Carl Anthony Towns in Minnesota and they blow it up. I doubt it. They're looking good. But maybe there's an option out there. I, I 
I, I wouldn't want to go for a Kevin Love or any kind of... He's not even a big man that can go down there and bang with him. So there's not many options out there. So where would we go with that if we can't get Valanchunas on the right track? Same goes for Trey Murphy. He's got to get his feet underneath him a little bit. You know, he finally did this game. You know, the first game he looked a bit a bit like he had the jitters. But this one he went 2 of 5, 1 of 3 from three-point range. 24 minutes played. It, he didn't play great defense. He had a terrible plus-minus. I think he had the worst on the court. Or second worst. Like minus 28 or 34 or some nonsense. I, don't even, I didn't even want to write that down. He even, like, he's supposed to be a shooter. He missed his only free throw. Like, he's still, he's still getting used to this game. He had two rebounds. He had an assist. He had two turnovers, two fouls. Uh, the refs caught him a couple times. You know, uh, they weren't doing the Pels many favors in, all the way around, but the Pels didn't do themselves much favors. Some of that, some of that comes with, you know, look, Najee worked. He did, he did, Najee did some work. Seven rebounds, a dime, a steal. But it looked like he was trying to show some on-ball skills that he worked with this offseason way too much. He had two turnovers. He only hit one of his five shots. And the Pelicans really, they didn't do themselves a favor in this offseason by adding more depth. They didn't do it in this game by hitting open shots. They need a better 3 and D guy. They need a 3 and D guy who can do both. Not a guy that might excel at one or the other trait, maybe, depending on the given night. And most nights, they're just going to be passable, like Redick. Redick was our 3 and D guy who only shot threes, never did D. He was supposed to be excellent. He was only passable, and the Pelicans missed the playoffs. Passable is not getting us to the playoffs. And that that leads right into the Pelicans, again, not doing themselves many favors. You're not doing yourselves any kind of favor playing Garrett Temple and Thomas Sadoransky any much more. I think we've already seen enough of them. Temple played 10 minutes. Sadoransky played 7. They combined for 1-6 shooting. There was one singular offensive rebound. They didn't clear the defensive glass once. There was a steal. They didn't have an assist. They didn't keep the offense moving. They had a turnover, two fouls, and only three points off of that one made three-pointer. At times, they were on the court together, and once Zion and Josh Hart's back, you know, once Zion's back, neither should play. Once Hart's back, he should get the bulk of their minutes, and you couldn't, you couldn't do wrong if you gave the rest of the minutes to Billy Hernan Gomez, Alvarado, Didi Silva. You know, on the nights you go big, give them to Billy. On the nights you got to run smaller, give them to Jose and Didi. That's just how I feel about it. Uh, same for moving on, the last player of the night, Jackson Hayes. He still looks like a young deer flailing on ice someplace. He provides a lot of athleticism, but he doesn't do much else. He hit his only three-pointer. He hit both of his free throws. His shot's coming around. But what else does he provide to you? Because he was chasing blocks when there was no block to be chased. And it gave up like two putbacks that really he should have been boxing out, clearing that board. Maybe the shot goes in, maybe it doesn't, but it was already a, a off-balance floater he was chasing the block on. I forget who shot it. It just, he's got to get smarter in those sort of situations or he's really not going to help this team, especially once he wants to get paid. He's up for a contract extension this next summer, same as Zion and Nikhil. I give them to Zion and Nikhil. Zion gets the max. Nikhil gets 80% of what he might get of a max. I'd offer him somewhere in there to start negotiations. Maybe bump it up to 85 in the middle. 
if you have to go to 90%, you might as well make improve with another year, pick up the fifth-year option. But Jackson might not even be worth all that trouble if we really look at it. He might not be all worth that trouble. Herb Jones can take his spot, be way cheaper. We take Jackson's money, give it to a veteran who can produce. And that just may be one more reason we signed that Jonas contract. I went over that in the last podcast. Y'all go check it out. And speed over there and check out the whole archive, just like Kyra Lewis Jr. on the court, who's scattering stats around, but he's not filling up the sheet. He might have one here, one there, two points, an assist, a steal, a turnover, a foul. He's got a little bit of everything, but not a little bit of nothing. I don't know what to do with him. I want him to play, but I, I know he's not ready to handle a lot of minutes as the point guard position. Because, again, New Orleans had 17 turnovers. And Kyra, he missed he missed his rookie year and his summer league and all that development you get. And I think it really set him back. But the Pelicans can't be adding turnovers on top. We're already having 17 this game. They only committed four in the second half, but by the end, the damage was done. And this game was over. So, I'm going to leave y'all to that. It's about to be the LSU game in about an hour and a half. Pelicans play the Timberwolves two nights in a row now, or two games in a row, both up in Minnesota. We'll be done with our land of the Great Lakes voyage. I hope y'all will venture back and listen to me over here at the Protect the Nest podcast. Head over, give us five-star reviews. Head over to Ancora Pizzeria, tell them to Protect the Nest sent you. They'll hook you up. Head over to DraftKings, get your bets in. And hey, next week, head over to the Smoothie King Center. I'll see y'all up there. If you see me walking around, I'm glad to take a picture. And... And I'll be back in the Superdome covering the team for the uh, Tampa Bay game. So if y'all dressing up, I want to see them costumes for Halloween, for that Halloween night game. Y'all know New Orleans turn out for Halloween night games. It, it, it just Those Saints games are memorable. So hope y'all remember to come back. This has been the Protecting Us Podcast on the Basketball Podcast Network with your host Chris Dotson over at Forbes Sports covering the Pelicans and Saints, over at Music Movies and Hoops covering the rest of the NBA and the rest of the culture and lifestyle that we all know and love. So y'all check us out.